Hey there, it's Mara Schiavocampo, and you're listening to Motivated. Whether you work out regularly or someone who really watches your diet, or maybe you've slipped off the wagon or gained back some weight that you've lost, or you just need an extra push to help you stay on track, staying motivated is key. And that's why we're here to help. Every week, we're bringing you the top health, wellness, and fitness experts, along with a lot of really amazing everyday people. And it's all about helping you live a healthier and happier life. Don't want to wait until Monday for the next episode of Motivated? You can hear it three days early on the TuneIn app. Download TuneIn today and listen for free. So today we have a really special guest. We're talking about transformations that stick because a lot of us are seeking to make transformations in our life, especially as we approach the new year. Our guest today is Laura Gobins. Did I say it right? Yes. Go, and go, Laura. Gobins. La- say it. Law. Like Laura. Okay. Because I get this a lot because it's Gobin. Mara. I know. But a lot of people call me Mora. Yes. So. I get everything. Yes. Law. Lara Gobins. Lara Gobins. There. All right. I'm going to pretend I just <laughs> it happens it the first all the time. time. <laughs> Perfectly. Lara Gobins uh, with Core Power Yoga. And you have made a really amazing um, transformation in your life. Mm. You've done something that a lot of people, I think, think about and would like to do. You've changed your whole life trajectory. Yeah. Not just physically, <laughs> but also the way you were spending your life, the way mm-hmm. you were devoting your time. And so I wanted to talk about that story. So so you are now a yoga instructor. Yep. You um, work with Core Power Yoga. You moved to New York to open their studios. But that was not what you were always doing. You <laughs> spent the majority of your life training for something completely different. I sure did. Tell us about that. So I um, am by trade a classical musician. Um Ever since I was a little kid, I always played around with music, loved instruments. I dabbled in everything that you could ever imagine. Um, So even from the age, I think I had to have been like eight years old. Whenever they start you on an instrument, I knew I wanted to play music. So that was what I knew I wanted to do. So with me, type A personality, it's what you do all the time. Um, I learned every woodwind instrument you could ever think of. I played in the Allstate, you know, what we have in New York State, all those sort of things. And then eventually... You know, you graduate high school and you're like, well, what am I going to do next? Naturally, it was music. So um, I went to Rutgers University, master, um, got a bachelor's in performance, got to play at Lincoln Center, Carnegie Hall, all the cool things any musician ever wanted to do. Those are, I mean, Lincoln Center and Mm -hmm. Carnegie Hall, you were playing at the highest levels. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, And then went right away, which most people do, yo, you go get your master's. (laughs) So I moved to Denver, went to University of Denver, got my master's in music, played in a bunch of really great chamber orchestras and, you know... For classical musicians, I I honor every single person who makes it work. It was a really hard life. You spend about 12 to 15 hours in a practice room every day. 12 to 15 hours practicing Not not talking to people because it has to be perfect. You know, so from the age of being a young child, I was trained that every part of my life had to be perfect. Because if not one piece is, you don't get the job. So you were devoting yourself 12 mm-hmm. to 15 hours a day Threw myself for, in. <laughs> for decades yeah, yeah, to this craft. Yeah, until I was about 25. I okay, think, 25 so almost 20 years. Yeah. So then what happened? Um, I finally nailed a professional gig, which woo, was awesome. I mean, that's, that's what you work towards. And I got there, we did some tours, and I just started to notice this shift internally. The way people were talking to me, the way people were talking to others, it... It just wasn't kind. Again, it was this perfection piece. There was so much pressure put on us that I finally cracked. 
I cracked mid-performance. Like, literally, I'm pretty sure I squeaked on my instrument. <laughs> and, and, you know, for, for those of us who are not in that space, squeaking mm-hmm. on your instrument. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Is, is, that, is that an understatement? Not a pretty sound. Yes, okay. yes, yes. How and, is that regarded by your peers when that happens? Um, they shame you. You know, it's a lot of shame, a lot of pressure. And I just realized people would talk so much smack on others. And um, I just realized it wasn't for me. Now, you identify that as a moment of having cracked, right? Mm-hmm. You know, say, oh, it was, a, yeah. you know, I was human. It was a moment of weakness or error, whatever the yeah. case may be. What was it that made you crack, as you put it? It was all the pressure. I just, and this re, this analyzation of, is this really what I want to be doing? This is how I want to spend my time. And I noticed this shift of, um, I think they call it empathy, <laughs> of how people just were reacting around me, how people were acting around me. And I was taking it on and I didn't want it. And so what did you decide to do? Um, I quit. <laughs> now, you say that so casually, but here is something you devoted yourself to really for yeah. all of your memory right at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, eight years old, we'll, you started. We'll say we broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, was it just one day to the next or was it something that you thought about for a while before you actually left? Um, I thought about it for a while. We took a break, quote unquote. And I just every time I went to pick it up, I felt really anxious. I didn't feel good enough. Um, yeah, it's just this emotional. I still get have an emotional attachment a little bit about it as if it's something, you know, I left behind in my history. Um, you know, you there's always play? that piece of you. I don't. It's it's. um it's challenging, especially the instrument I played, the oboe. Um, it's a double reed instrument, so it's not like a clarinet or a saxophone where you take this this wooden piece that creates the sound and just smack it on a mouthpiece and you just play. Um, you have to hand make your own reeds. Um, so that, again, is a lot of time. And if you don't have a reed that that is made perfectly, again, that word perfect, um, the sounds sound funny. You know, it, does, it doesn't feel like you. So every time I would pick it up, it just... It didn't feel right. I dabbled in it a little bit still and then then decided that um, it wasn't for me anymore. And it was a slow process. But um, I just noticed with that shifting, with that molding, um, I was a little lost, right? A little floating around. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's times where you can be there. There's dark places there because you've trained yourself in it for so long that you're like, well, what's next? What do I do? Uh, I was so lucky that I was able, I worked in a hair salon for a few years and they let me throw myself into management and managing people, which I also love the fashion industry and hair. So it was, it was great. I was able to really kind of explore what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be and realized that music just wasn't professionally, wasn't for me anymore. I still, I, I love music. I love to put it in my classes. I love to listen to it. It makes my heart beat. So it's still really close to me. Uh, however, just not in that sense anymore. Now, there's tremendous comfort in doing what you've always done. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of courage yeah. to do something different. Yeah. How did you find that courage to make a complete departure from what you had been doing? That's such a great question. I really think there isn't anything more courageous than the love for oneself. And I realized that through this pressure, through this intensity, I wasn't really loving myself. My body, I mean, I was, I was, I was overweight, quote unquote, you know, well, that's a piece I, I want to get to, too. This yeah. is all, I mean, your transformation is big. I want to I want to tease it's it pretty, out. Pretty, right? pretty large. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it. There comes a point where you hit rock bottom. Right. They always talk about that in, in a lot of sort of 12 step programs and any sort of mediation programs where you realize that you can do better. I didn't know what the next step was. <laughs> 
But you knew it wasn't. I knew what it you was. I knew it wasn't that, and I, I, it wasn't easy. I will tell you that there were months, days where I would just cry, and I would feel sad because that piece is just like any breakup. That piece isn't there with you anymore, and you have to find, you have to reinvent yourself. I have to figure it out what you are meant to do. And around that same time, you were forty pounds heavier. I was forty than you pounds now. overweight. Yeah, I mean, I'm five nine. I'm pretty tall, you know. So I was about one eighty, one ninety. Um, I had just started a relationship with my now husband. So before I, I had a broken heart with music and and a boy <laughs> and finally found found like my other counterpart. And I think what happens, I am one of those people when I'm really happy, I eat a lot, too. <laughs> right. So we would just love each other by eating together. It's that love weight. Yeah, it is. I got the love weight. I get the depression <laughs> weight. I get all of it. People always joke. I'm like, I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it was... Um, but now the numbers are not such a big thing. And I don't like to put too much on numbers because you, know, you can be happy Mm-mm. at any size. No, I didn't feel, feel like myself. You didn't feel good. Mm-mm. I didn't... Have you ever felt like you just... This body wasn't yours? Yeah. I just didn't feel... I, it, I didn't feel like it was mine. It got to a point where you feel totally out of control. And I don't like to say that we control our bodies because I think that has another kind of sort of obsessive factor to it. However, I just I just didn't feel like it was mine. So then you had to embark on another transition mm-hmm. as well, which <laughs> yeah. was your, your health transition. Yes. And they both kind of came together. Yeah. Your professional path and exactly. your, your personal mm-hmm. health path. Yeah. How did those two things come together? So I was working at the hair salon. And I just noticed my eating habits weren't so great. My husband and I always joke about what we would eat at night. What would you eat at night? So we're vegetarians. So people say, oh, that means you eat more vegetables. No, that means you eat more cheese and carbs. And carbs, (laughs) yeah. I I was was an obese vegetarian at one point (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, um, I mean, we would have red velvet cake every night. Red no meat in that. Every, no. Oh, but so much cream cheese and it was so delicious. And a vitamin water. Like, why would I not drink water? Right. You know, like I did. It was filling with all of these empty calories because it was great. You know, we loved each other. And mashed potatoes, like boxed mashed potatoes, not even like real mashed potatoes. Right. Um, and I just realized, you know, at the hair salon, I just I just didn't feel like me. I, I really, to be honest, I never really felt like me. Until I stepped into the yoga room. I never felt like I really belonged. And that was another piece in itself that made me want to leave the classical world is I always was that girl with the pink hair, the tattoos, and and was again shamed for it. I, I was told I didn't look like everybody else, that I didn't belong. That made me feel like I didn't belong. So I was... I, I wanted something. And everybody kept telling me about how awesome this yoga studio was, this core power yoga studio. It was literally 10 minutes away from our apartment. And I was finally at that point where I was like, I mean, what do I have to lose? Let's try it. So was that your first yoga class My ever? My first ever. Well, okay, not to be true. I took one yoga class at a gym and it was laying down and stretching. <laughs> like a restorative. Exactly. And I was like, I was the girl when I was in high school. I didn't work out too much. But when I did, it was like Billy Blanks, Tai Bo. Oh, you know, I yes. I wanted cardio. I was a big Tai Bo aerobics. Girl. Like oh, yeah. I loved all that sort of stuff. So for me, it was like if I was going to spend my time, I wanted my heart rate to elevate. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel something. Versus stretching. So you go to yoga Mm -hmm. and you say right away you felt a connection. Right away. You know, I walked into the studio. It was hustling and bustling. It was a free class. So free classes always tend to make the studio a little bigger. Um, It was sweaty. So it was at the very first studio at Grant Street, which is the one I had just come from before I moved out here. Um, So she was a little older, but you could tell there was magic in the walls. The teacher was so nice. Um, Ruby, she's still one of my teachers today, curly hair, had this really thick New Jersey, Pennsylvania accent. And she was like, 
hey, are you here for yoga? <laughs> and I was like, I feel at home already. <laughs> and from that moment, I stepped in the suit. There were about, you can fit 100 people in that room, and there were about 70 people in that room. And there is nothing more magical than people working together to create individual change. Now, when you start anything new, most people suck at anything new. Oh, I was so bad. Okay. So but bad. You kept going. Yeah. You know, well, I saw this girl next to me and she was busting out. And I know she was newer to yoga too, busting out crow pose, which those of you who don't know what it is, it's an arm bounce. So you're on your hands and you tuck your knees in your armpits. It looks super cool. And it's and your feet are elevated. Off feet the are off the ground. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about crow. My very first yoga class, they, they did crow. Oh, yeah. And she says, you know, get on your hands and, and now lift your right leg. And I did that. She says, now lift your left and I remember in my mind, it didn't compute. I was like, how could I lift my right how and my left at the same totally. time? I had no idea. I didn't know I was expected to come off the floor. And then I look <laughs> around me and I see all these people. Everyone's flying. It's like, holy crap, their their feet are not on the ground. Yeah, and I remember I just looked over and saw her busting it out. No big deal. And rather than like in classical music, that would have um, kind of discouraged me and made me feel sad. I was like, I'm going to do that. Maybe not now. We're going to figure it out. I was sweaty. My heart rate was going. I was like, how is something like this so zen, so hard? It is much harder than people think. Oh, my gosh. It's But it's it's you feel good afterwards. For me, and um, I listened to a few of your podcasts and how you love to run. For me, right. I will not run. Well, no, um, I, I hate running, but I love, but you how, love I how I feel, feel afterwards. After. I, I hate I it don't just like, like how most I feel other afterwards. <laughs> so after, afterwards, I felt, I felt so... Um, healthy, like quote unquote healthy, like my mind, I felt still, I felt soft because I'm not one of those people who you can just be like, go meditate, now sit. I have all this extra energy, which I think a lot of us do in New York City. So I have to work. I have to get tired before I can allow myself to sit. And I felt peaceful. I felt really sweaty. Uh, However, I felt like something good was about to happen. So what has yoga given you Mm. over the years? Freedom. And I remind myself this every time I come to the mat because it's really easy on the days where I'm comparing myself to much more flexible bodies. I don't have a very flexible body. Um, I have a very strong body, so I work with that. However, it's the freedom that I'm not my body, the freedom that this mat is a safe space and I can be whoever I want to be, whatever I want to be, whenever I want to be it. And for you, is it a physical practice Mm -hmm. only? Is it a spiritual practice only? Is it both? It started as physical, right? Because I wanted to, I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get my heart rate up. I wanted to learn something new to get fit and um, like get the yoga body, right? Which is such a funny term because there really is no such thing (laughs) as it. (laughs) Yoga body is a body. It's a body. Have a body, body. do yoga. (laughs) And, you know, um, from there, the more I went, the more I realized that I was changing. My mind was changing. How I was holding myself accountable in the world was changing. How I was um, relating to other people was changing. And it sounds so cheesy, but I was literally being able to live from the space of my heart. I'm not a naturally open person. Um, I think society with all of that shame and all of the doubt really made me really closed off. Um, So when I come to my mat, yes, I want to quote unquote work out because that's what Core Power offers is that intense physical workout. However, it's really minded in the rooted in the mindfulness of yoga. So every time, especially on the bad days, the days that I don't want to get to my yoga mat, I need to get there even more. And I think that getting to your mat before January 1st happens, right? Even if you do it 
for that moment because you know you're like making any excuse you can not to get there is when you need to get there because that's where the most magic happens. You turn your stress into sweat, you melt it all away, and then at the end, your mind is clearer. You know, because it, it does you, you balance your yin and your yang, so you, both sides of your both sides of your body, um, and you just feel good. Like I usually want to drink like a smoothie or eat a salad after class. You know, I'm not going to eat. Um, sweet potato fries, which I right. really love. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, nothing wrong with oh, sweet potato girl. fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, how often do you practice? Um, I try and practice at least five days a week, knowing that that's kind of um, aggressive because I do. I am on the leadership team, so I do my best to get into classes to support my fellow instructors. Uh, we are very high on feedback at Core Power Yoga to keep their classes consistent and reliable. So I, I, that is part of my job. Uh, I get to my mat at least twice a week just for me, um, twice or three times a week. Most of the time, I'm really lucky. My instructors are so amazing that I get to come five days a week for myself. Um, and what but, kind of yoga are you practicing? So core power yoga is rooted in power yoga. So it's a power vinyasa, breath to movement, very um, intense, <laughs> but in a good way. And also yoga sculpt, which is what I was just talking to you about. Love yoga sculpt. We have this really fun format where it mi- mixes yoga with hand weights. So you'll warm up just like in a regular yoga practice, and then you'll add hand weights to work on upper body, which we don't get to work out in yoga most of the time, back body. Um, we add some push-ups, cardio. It's super fun. You get really fun music in there, and it's just a really great time. So I try and balance those two out because my heart lives in what we call a C2, which is an intermediate advanced class that's heated, so like 96 to 98 degrees because I love the flow. That for me is freedom, the creativity, the expression, the moving because I was never really good at dancing (laughs) so this is where i can be good quote unquote at dancing and just feel free and and sculpt yoga sculpt is where i get to hold my body accountable for for the results and the sustainability because that's what i'm dealing with right now is that um that maintaining of of what i feel comfortable in now now you did lose 40 pounds along the way that's Mm -hmm. it that's a huge accomplishment and you've maintained that weight loss kind sort of you know I'm a yo-yoer back and forth but about like five to ten pounds back and forth just depending on how happy I am <laughs> but to me that's part of maintenance you know it's it not is. a straight it's not no, a straight line so hard and once you have um, and that's what I've been really inspired by what you've been saying lately is once you have these results you take your before and after pictures what comes after What's that after that you know because we get this high off of all of this for me at least this attention being a former musician of like you look so amazing your body looks so great how did you do it and sharing your story and then there's the silence right mm-hmm. so it's like what's in between which is what I'm really working on right now and I wish I had the answers to that <laughs> but I feel like much like yoga it, there's that journey mm-hmm. says a lot about yourself yeah and where you are yeah. because then when when you're when you're left without that attention and that praise yeah. and I know exactly the space you're right? talking about mm-hmm. when you lose a ton of weight everybody walking down the street has something great to say about you. Yeah. Then that goes away. And then, and then what, and yeah. then what are you using to feel yourself and, you do it and motivate for yourself even more? And you have to find mm-hmm. out what, what else is inside. Yeah. And it's really funny. So when I had started my journey, I also um, changed my eating habits of, um, I've been, you know, I did the Atkins in high school. I did all of those things, um, went vegetarian. Are you still a vegetarian? I am. Yeah. And what's worked best for me is, is the clean eating model of, 
um, low processed foods and more natural foods um, with like an 80-20 balance, right? Because right. I do, I love my baked goods. I can relate with you on that one. Yeah. Cupcakes, mm, my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> See, they're my worst enemy. <laughs> oh, yes, that too. That too, right. but your best friend, right? right because right. then you enjoy it and you savor it. And so that also helped me with that 40 pounds too is what I want to do things that make me feel good. I want to eat food that makes me feel good. So it started that positive loop. Mm-hmm. You go to a yoga class, you yep. feel so great afterwards yep. that you want to... I want to fill my body with things that make me feel good versus um, food that will make me tell a story to myself, food that will literally churn up my gut and make me feel not great at all. So is that the way that yoga is most useful to weight loss? Because I, from a calorie burning perspective, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not burning that Not much. very much at all, no. Um, and it's funny because I have my Apple Watch. So, you know, I'm always in my workouts tracking, you how, know, my how heart How much rate. do you think you're burning? You know, it's, it's not very much. It's about 200... 50 active calories. Sculpt is going to be different. Sculpt is going to be about 400 active calories because you have more active cardio. Now, guaranteed, I've also been practicing at Core Power for about eight years. So mm-hmm. the whole goal of yoga is to speed your heart rate down during the challenging right. postures. So right. I don't think it's an accurate presentation of it. However, um, with Core Power, you're working so much on the internal core, your internal strength that I noticed that first right away. However, yoga, it will teach you to have more positive mind affirmations and positivity in how you talk to yourself. And then then it leads to, okay, is this going to make me feel good when I eat it? Do I want to eat it? Yes, but is it worth it? And finding just, for me, it was a healthier balance of food, a healthier balance of um, how I spend my time. It's almost a way of training your mind in a way that then allows you to make the best decisions for yourself. So there is this word in in, um, yoga philosophy called tapas, which is discipline, Um, the heat, the drive, but also knowing with that drive, there's that little bit of sweetness in it too, to finding that that mid-balance. And it's that drive that brings us to our mat and then you get the sweetness from there. But now people also want a six pack. Mm-hmm. So what are the ways that yoga six can pack change? Are artificial abs though. Are they? You want strong tell transverse abdominals. <laughs> well, tell me something. So the deepest <laughs> muscles of our core is what core power yoga works. And we always you know, the that six pack man, um is well most of the time it's airbrushed, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> or, or somebody who hasn't been drinking water for two days for one picture. Exactly. For one picture. Um so the transverse abdominals are the deepest muscles of our core abdominals and any plank work, that's what you're working with them. So you might not necessarily have a six pack, right? However, if you can get up into handstand without forcing yourself up in there, you have a strong core. Getting into crow pose. So like any arm balances or even just being able to stand one-legged in a balancing pose to find the balance versus like that six-pack. However, in every core power class, like I said, we always do belly down core. I think that is the full um, abdominal wrap, right? You know high plank pose is a hard pose. Same with forearm plank because it's full. It's arms. It's belly. It's legs. Um, And we also do belly up core too, which might be funny for people to see in a yoga class. However, um, for me, I like it because it gives me a little break in class because you come lay down about halfway through and you really then begin to focus on your obliques, right? The side body is what we call like the muffin top, all those sort of (laughs) things. Um, We'll work on the superficial, like so the middle abs and then the deepest as well. So you get the full kinetic chain of your abdominals, which is really powerful because I think some workouts don't offer that. And we, you get that in every single class. And it also sounds like you're much more motivated by functional 
fitness. Exactly. That your mm-hmm. core is now your core yep. of strength. Exactly. As yep. opposed to just, you know, a pretty feature. Well, because that's not sustainable, right? Like you might have a six pack, like like you said, when you do a fitness competition. Like we think that's reality. Right. And but even those really people reality. don't look they like don't. that. They don't. They don't because they're depleting their body of hydration. <laughs> right. They look like that for, for, yep. for yeah. Yeah, one day or exactly. at the beach. And I, um, with yoga, the whole goal is for it to be sustainable through your entire life so that you can function, right? You can walk, you can uh, move at a functional rate and do yoga until you're like 90 or 100 years old. And we actually had a 98-year-old yogi here on the podcast and she was wearing heels. Yeah. She is. She dances every day. Yeah. She does yoga every day. And can you to, imagine your family being like that? Are I you can, being like I, that at I, that age? I would pray yeah. to live to that age and then to be up yeah. and about and as active. And that's the goal. I think we are really, I don't think, I know, we are a culture so immersed in this outside view. Right. That it can get, it can get ugly. It can get, at least I know for me, of this self-talk of, and I think I have such a reaction to this, the, the six-pack because for me, that's my story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always not going to be good enough. It's it's not going to be strong enough. Yeah. And I always have to remind myself that's not the function. Right. My whole body is a kinetic chain and there's a function for every single piece of it. And where I might not have a six pack, um, I definitely have a flatter stomach than I ever had in my entire life, you know, which is great. It, it looks pretty. I look good in pictures, which sometimes for us is the story we need but to also, hear. But also not, I mean, it, 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 you feel better. I feel so much and better. I, and I know mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people and myself included, they're they're listening to this podcast. They're interested in health and wellness yeah. because it makes them feel better. Yeah. But also it, part of it is physical. I'm, I'm totally. not so no, high is, minded that I don't care. There is nothing better than like knowing that you're going to get into your pair of jeans that feels good. And you feel good because jeans, I mean, I wear yoga pants all day. (laughs) Jeans, I'm like, oh. So I want to feel good. And, you know, recently I kind of had to get back onto my clean eating train because moving to new city, I wanted to try every cannoli. I wanted to try all of the food that New York had to offer, especially Brooklyn, where I noticed that I just didn't feel like myself again. Yeah. Um, And it took me like two weeks to snap myself out of it and realize what I needed to do to feel like myself again. So so that kind of brings full circle to making a transition and a mm-hmm. transformation that will stick. Yeah, um, Because a lot of people want to make changes in their life, yep. but they want them to stick. We yeah. don't just want to do something and see results no. and go back to the old yeah. self. What advice would you give to someone who wants to change their life in some meaningful way? Um, I would ask yourself why. Why, why do you want to change? Um, what do you want to change? And rather than making a resolution, I feel like we're getting ready to make these resolutions in the new year, right? Do you make resolutions? I don't, know. I make intentions. Hmm. I feel if we have an intention, a vow to ourself, and already assuming that we have it and that we are it and that we have everything we need inside already, um, we're we're less likely to break that than we are some sort of resolution that can seem kind of superficial sometimes, right? It's it's it could be whatever idea they that we think we need to be perfect or whatever it is and just make a vow to my to ourselves. And uh, you know, my vow was is I I want to love the food I'm putting into my mouth, into my body. I want this to feel good. And you you talk about peace. It mm-hmm. seems like you've really found a peace. Um you know, every day is different. <laughs> but you've let go of this idea of perfection. Yeah. And like I said, every day is different. You know, there are days where where I still do, I still do battle with it. And I think we all do. Um, I think the trick is identifying 
when when you have those thoughts, when you have those ideas. And for me, I ask myself, is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? And most of the time it's not true. <laughs> and it's definitely not kind. <laughs> and it's not me. And that's how I stay close to that idea of authenticity. And if someone wants to try yoga, mm. um, what advice would you give to a newcomer? Because it can seem a little intimidating. You it know, can it's seem like, am so I going to have to st- stand on my head the first day? Yeah, and you don't. Right. So that's the good news. <laughs> <laughs> I would challenge you to be open, to let go of any expectations, because when we make ex- expectations, they usually don't match up with what we expect. <laughs> um, go into it with no expectations, an open heart, an open mind, and be up for whatever comes your way. And is there a kind of yoga that you think is well-suited for beginners? It really depends because it depends on the age of the beginner. You know, for those people who are familiar with some sort of fitness routine, um, who are used to some sort of cardiovascular work, right? They can walk uh, up a flight of stairs and not not feel totally winded. Uh, Core power is definitely the power yoga, especially if you want to see results. Cardiovascular results, strength. Flexibility, power yoga is is it. The heat in the room, I'm not a very flexible person, like I told you. It helps you find the elasticity in your muscles and in your mind. And there's tons of other types of yoga too for restorative practices for people dealing with trauma who power yoga might not be the best solution for whatever reason. The loud music isn't satisfactory to them or um, who maybe have less of a range of motion. Restorative yoga is so great. It adds more props. It's slower. You're not moving breath to movement. Um, you get to use walls, props, all that sort of fun stuff. And it's definitely a slower paced. It really just depends on, on what what you want. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, the concept of a yoga body, which mm-hmm. we both laughed at. But yep. I think a lot of people think that to go to yoga, you have to be tall yes. and lean and have the mm. cutest little leggings yeah. and the perfect top knot totally. and the cute sports bra with the strappy back right. and just look like the yoga girl. Yeah, that's what Instagram teaches us. That's what Instagram <laughs> teaches us. But it's it really is a space for everyone. Oh, my gosh. And that's what I loved about core power. Like I said, in my old my old life of music, I never felt like I belonged. And when I walked into core power, there were people of all different shapes, all different races, all different age groups, which was so cool to me. And they all had a smile on their face, you know, all all types. And that's why I love yoga. All types of people are welcome. It, it doesn't matter. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to get by is that they're not going to fit in. But it's like any situation, right? A lot of the times we're afraid because we're taught in middle school and high school that that's the most important thing is to fit in and be the same. But I challenge you to be different, you know, be different, fly it high and um, get your sweat on and yeah. meet some new people. That's the best part. Thank you so much for your time oh gosh, and for sharing you. your story. Where can people find you on, on social or um, real so life? You can find me real life at the Core Power <laughs> Yoga Studio in Williamsburg. I am Lara G on the schedule. Um, on social, Lara, L-A-R-A-G-O-B-I-N-S on Instagram. It's a lot of pictures of my cat and yoga. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great page. <laughs> yes. And I also have um, a blog online too, averageyogi.blogspot.com. Great. Thank you so yes, much for your thank time. Thank you so much. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Staying motivated is a 24-7 job. Let's keep this conversation going. Send us your questions by using the hashtag motivated or tweet me at MaraCamp. Help spread the motivation by taking a moment to give us a quick review. Just click the link in the description of this episode. New episodes post Monday mornings. And don't forget, you can listen to motivated episodes three days early on the TuneIn app. 
New episodes will post on Fridays. Download TuneIn today and listen for free. Motivated is a production of ABC News. Thanks for listening. I'm Mara Schiavocampo. Thank you.